0: Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Anything you can be, I can be greater. Sooner or later, I'm greater than you. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, How I y'all am. doing today on this Veterans Day? I'm your host, Mac and the Mac and Jack Sports Debate Show. And because of, of some of the They cancellations. You just have me today, folks. And of course, I was a veteran in the Air Force for six years. And again, happy Veterans Day to everyone out there. uh, Just getting associated with some of the things we'll be talking about. As I said, happy Veterans Day to everyone out there and thank you for your service as you guys are the reason why this country is so free and we're free to do so certain things i mean it's not totally free as we all know that's a debate in itself but uh it's uh it's the best country still in the world that you can live where you can at least vote and uh and you can also if you have the time or the effort you can kind of call your senators and protest and call your congressmen and try and get things uh good done for this country so that's it their part and it's time for everybody to do their part to make sure that our Country remains great, so I have no really person to debate today. So hopefully, I get some some viewers in here. I can debate you guys a little bit, because uh, of course the viewers here on the Northeast Streaming Sports are what keeps this network growing, and we're growing all the time. Check us out on Roku. Download our the Roku app. Channel search for the Northeast Streaming Sports. We're almost at eleven thousand. We've jumped about ten thousand in one year, thanks to all your uh support. So. Jump on, uh, download the Roku app, it's free, and just channel search and uh, just hit our show, Northeast Streaming Sports Network. We're also on YouTube. Subscribe if you get a chance to, uh, when you go over there, again, helps us out. Um, Facebook, follow, like uh, the Northeast Streaming Sports and Max Sports. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, and we're also on a lot of audio uh, audio uh, platforms. We're in Spotify, of course. Uh, iHeartRadio, Pandora, we're in a lot of those. So check those out when you can't make it to a screen, if you're working out or you're going on a hike or, or maybe studying or something. You'll find some enjoyable shows on there. So I guess the first thing we'll debate because, uh, or I'll debate, uh, is the Jim Harbaugh situation at uh, at uh, Michigan. As most of you know, follow sports. Jim Harbaugh has been uh, sidelined, removed from the sidelines for the rest of the regular season, the next three games. Now I'm not sure if this also means that Jim Harbaugh can be in the booth. You know, he can be talking to the coaches uh, from the booth or not. I'm not sure if that's allowed or not under this new suspension that they put on Jim Harbor. Uh, of course, again, he was suspended for having a staff member go in um I guess you could say cheat. I don't know if you would say cheat or not, but they were on a sideline trying to steal the signs, something that every team does. They may not do it from the opposing uh, team's sideline, but they're always out there scouting. They're out there trying to get a heads up. And according to the NCAA rules, you can't do that. But every team does it. They've been doing it for years in all sports. They've been trying to steal signs. or trying to get some kind of edge and a lot of the former players and sports figures uh, are coming out against this suspension, saying that it's been happening for years. And we know that from the Houston Astros all the way back to the 1910s and 20s when baseball first started, they've been trying to tip off players on what pitch is coming or when a guy might steal. And in football, you know, football, when I started playing, and I was watching football. They used to send the plays in from the sidelines, right? You get an offensive guard or tackle or running back, whatever position you were replacing, and you would send in the play with that. So you couldn't steal that. And then they started the signs, right? Calling plays from the sidelines, the offense coordinator, head coach would call the play, sign it into the quarterback. And they knew the signs were being tried to, they were trying to steal their signs. So they went to a microphone and they had the hearing piece in the, the NFL players' helmet—that's how they send in the plays now. Well, college football—they don't do that. They're still using signs, and this is what a team—you know—a team does, and the opposing team, of course, tries to steal these signs. Good morning, Rick. How are you doing today? Maybe you got some opposing views I can debate you with, since uh, Doc and Jack aren't in. Today, kind of last minute with Doc. Uh, Jack, of course, is uh in his wedding weekend with his daughter. Oh boy, I wonder what that's costing him. But back to Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh, a lot of people don't like Jim Harbaugh, they don't like the way he acts, his personality. And and the Big Ten to me is taking a big chance here doing this. Think about it for me. Don't think about what has happened that everybody's been doing since the beginning of history. In fact, LeBron James came out and kind of made fun of it. Tom Brady thinks it's ridiculous. But let's look at the ramifications. So they suspend the coach of maybe their best team. They might be better than Ohio State. And Michigan, of course, is doing everything it can to prevent this from happening, filing filing paperwork in court. Um, they're they're sending paperwork that Ohio State was trying to steal their signs and helping an opponent. I mean, it's, it's good. Do you think the head coach didn't know? I don't buy it. Well, I think he knew. I think he was sent there, Rick, to do this, not just scout the team. I think he was there to go steal the signs, as a matter of fact, against the rules. But everybody does it. Does that make it right? No. But it is what it is. And Rick, if you think about the ramifications about this, as I was saying, starting to say, the Big Ten's best team's head coach has just been suspended from the sidelines. I mean, it's kind of general. You know, maybe, like I said, maybe he is in the booth. Maybe he can you know, send in plays or different defenses or, you know, to, to from the booth to the coaches. And this will galvanize the Michigan's team. It's not just them against the team now. It's them against the world. So Michigan State is going to play a hell of a game this week. Back to the ramifications, which nobody's looking at right now. And I thought about this yesterday. And the SEC is taking over college football as far as the best teams go. So don't you think the SEC is looking at this and saying, well, what happens if they really bring the hammer down on Michigan? Come over here. Come on and play in the SEC with the rest of the good teams. And the Big Ten loses one of its top two teams. Penn State's in there, but they're not in there. They can't beat them. And then, what happens in those rivalries? You know, we complain." that there's not enough rivalries anymore. People are moving all, teams are just going from division to division. Michigan, um, what was the last one they just have? Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma's moving. They don't know when they're going to play Oklahoma State again. So if the SEC comes in and scoops up Michigan, or Michigan says, the heck with you, Big Ten, I'm going to go play in the SEC, what happens to the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry? What happens to the the Penn State-Michigan rivalry? The Michigan State-Michigan rivalry. So, yes, he is arrogant. And you know something? That is the problem, Rick. That's the problem. People just do not like Jim Harbaugh. And if the Big Ten takes any more action, Say he tries to take some of the wins away or say Michigan goes on and wins the national championship and they take it away from them. Jim Harbaugh may not be there anymore. Either Michigan goes to SEC or Jim Harbaugh says, I'm going to go coaching the pros. So you're going to hurt the kids. See the problem with the NCAA, Rick, and anybody else out there watching the problem with the the Southeast conference and the NCAA is the NCAA really doesn't matter anymore. They've had some crazy rules forever. Is this a rule? Did he break the law? The, the rules? Did he go over the line? Yes, he did. And so I have a lot of other coaches. And it's because Jim Harbaugh is the coach. There is why they're doing this. That's, only, that's that's the only reason why I can figure, because they're not taking action at any other college, and we know all the colleges are doing this. So I think that the Big Ten has put their foot in it. There was other ways they could handle it. They could have fined them. They could have took maybe some recruits away from them. And still, Michigan might have been really upset. And still, they might go to SEC. But to, to make it look like this is a thing Michigan has to defend is going to hurt them in the end. There's no doubt about it. And it's going to be really interesting to me to see what happens after this all goes down, when the final say comes in, when they make the ultimate decision on what happens to Michigan. You want to to find Jim Harbaugh, you want to hold him responsible, do it. But at the expense of maybe taking this sort of action and losing Michigan, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good idea or not. There's another thing that was was in the news that I'm really interested on people's views on. And as there was a millionaire Let's see if I get his. He's a radio announcer. I think his last name is Craig. He put up a million dollars. He put up a million dollars of bet that a high school championship team of his choice could beat the WNBA champions. No one has taken him up on that bet. In fact, neither has the WNBA. So can a high school state champion beat the WNBA champions? Skill-wise, I love – that's what women's basketball is all about, right? They're very skillful. They got some nice three-point shooters. They move the ball around a lot. So this would be skill, maybe versus strength and speed. And if you think about it for a minute, if you get a high school state champion, a really good one, 17 and 18 year old kids, some of them are eligible to play. And and I will, I'll, I'll go back to this for Rick a minute here. All these situations, there is more, to the story we haven't seen. I agree. I agree. And that will all come out, and we'll see what happens there. So you take the Las Vegas cases, right, WNBA champions. In fact, they dominated. I think New York City Liberty was the only team that could stay with them. They won two in a row. Well, this radio announcer comes out and says he's going to put a million dollars up. Now, as I say, the high school state champions are 17, 18-year-olds. We saw LeBron come out of high school, play for the NBA right away. Kobe Bryant. And at 18 years old, and biologically, we all know men are stronger, faster. If you, if you match them up, you know, in the same – if they're both athletic, you know, I'm not as fast – are as strong as maybe some of them WNBA players right now, but if you match them up evenly, both athletic, both can play basketball, and the size. The average center for a WNBA player is about six four. That's the center, and the average, of course, for a, a college. Basketball player center, who's not fully developed yet, is about 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, and you would see a woman's team that moves the ball around, looks for an open shot. Against men who do do this, they fast break a little faster, than a lot of one-on-one. And, of course, the WNBA is in a bad position. They're not going to accept that That. Because if the faces beat the high school championship team, you're supposed to. You're pros. You're supposed. To. And if you lose, well, then how could you lose to a high school team? So they're in a in a position where you know, damned if I do, damned if I don't. I think, personally, and this is just my opinion that the Aces would take an early lead. I think they might lead all the way up into the third quarter. But I think the eventual speed, size, and strength of that high school team would end up winning it. Now, you have a lot of... I'm I, Jim Jeffco, big WNBA fan. Byron Williams. These guys, no, no, there's no way. Of course there's a way. I mean, you got six foot four center uh guards that can dunk. So I don't watch NBA personal differences in beliefs. No, never happen. I'm not sure what you're saying, which one wouldn't happen. That the boys, the high school team would beat the WNBA or the WNBA would beat the high school championship team. Yeah, it's, and I agree that maybe this guy is just out for a little. You know, he wants he wants some uh, he wants some pub, he wants some spotlight here. But I think he's right, and nothing against the WNBA. It's, it's WNBA is a a very well coached, played game. I don't watch many of it either. I watch some of the highlights when it comes out, especially the championship, See what's going on. Over We don't really cover. So, Rick, I'm glad I got Rick on today. He He disagrees with me. How would the WNBA say they're aces? Rick, how would they stop a six foot 10 center under the basket? How would they stop a fast break? I don't think they could. I agree they would win in the beginning. I think they would be winning of the ball movement and that. but once it gets near the end of the game once people start getting a little you know breathing heavy and they start getting a little tired that's when i think the men would pull ahead and win i mean because if you think about do you think let me ask you this rick do you think that wnba could be a college basketball team there's no way there's no way they could be the college a, a top ranked college basketball team. There's no way they could win that. I mean, if they were against Arizona or Connecticut or Duke or uh, uh, you know Texas and 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 and, and Alabama came out a strong last. There's no way they could be the top 25. Not not even close. I think I think uh, I think they'd win easily. 20 points, 30 points, maybe. And I don't think so. If you think about it they're one year away from college rick these high school players are one year away from college i don't think there's any woman that could compete against a lebron at his high school age or a kobe and if you had a high school championship team that was playing together now they're playing together since they were freshman sophomore It's not like you're just taking high school all-stars and throwing them together to play the WNBA. This is a team that's been playing together as a team for three or four years. I don't know. I don't know. What's interesting about it is that, and I agree with the WNBA not even regarding this, but look at the coverage, right? ESPN isn't talking about this. Of course, they cover women's basketball. Fox Sports isn't really talking about this bet. Because it's the a team they cover. This is what they have sponsors for. The guy even agreed, most positive is Chris Clay, even agreed that he would take, if he won, he'd gladly pay the WNBA the million dollars or the team. But if he, if he won, he would take the money and give it to that high school team. He doesn't even want money. He wants a spotlight, but he wants no money. So interesting to me that that this is not being covered at all, except on local podcasts that I that we have in Northeast Streaming Sports. They're covering it. Because it's it's an interesting debate about it. It's like sort of, you know, tennis, pros versus versus pros, you know, women versus the men. Could a John McEnroe made a statement. He said, "There are a hundred men that could have beat Venus Williams in a prime. A hundred because of the biological differences. So it's pretty crazy if you really think about. It, it's pretty crazy because we ha- we have our idea what a professional team is versus a college." Could the number one team, could Ohio State compete with an XFL team? They can't compete with an NFL team, but could they compete with an XFL team? Maybe. They might be able to beat an XFL team. So that was that was a second uh, debate question. And the third one, and this might be abbreviated, folks, because You know, I don't have somebody to debate with. It's it's funny to debate myself, so I'm not going to do that. The Dolphins. The Dolphins are under suspicion. Are they really a playoff team? And what I mean by that, they should go to the playoffs. I think they might. I don't know. The the North is pretty tough right now, so maybe not. Maybe, Maybe the wild card will come out of there. If they win the division, of course, they'll go there. But they can't be a playoff, a playoff team, a playoff caliber team. In a regular season versus the postseason, I know is, is a different thing. You know, you can get yourself together in the playoffs and make a run. But you have certain points that you you mark your team at, that you match up your team at how far have we gone, how good really are we? No. The dolphins haven't shown their they're 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 a playoff caliber team. They haven't beaten a playoff caliber team. No, that's what I'm saying, Rick. I'm saying that in a in the wild card, either, you're not gonna be able to depend on a wild card in all these other divisions as much as you did before, right? Because if you look at the north, they're stacked. They're one game, everybody's one game out of first. I mean, you're talking about the Baltimore Ravens who are playing out of their minds right now. The Bengals with Joe Burrow, they're really starting to come on. Pittsburgh Steelers with that defense, then they're going to be above 500. They are every year. And the Browns are better this year. The Browns may have the best defense in the NFL right now. In fact, I think they're rated number one, and Baltimore's number two. So Miami's not. Miami can't wait for a, a wild card. Bro. They've got to win that division. The East, I think, has to win that division. Because I don't know if a wild card is going to come out of the East. There sure ain't going to be two this year. So, the question is, can they beat a Baltimore? Can they beat a Cincinnati? Can they beat a Cleveland? A team with a really good defense. So far, they haven't. So far, they haven't. Buffalo beat them. Earlier. And the two other caliber teams that they have played, they've lost to. And when it gets cold in the north, and if Miami has to travel north, if they do have to travel to Buffalo, which I think they play them again. I'm not sure how soon that's going to not on I don't the schedule in front of me. But they're going to have to play Buffalo again. They're going to have to go. They're going to have to play the north division in the playoffs up north. Pittsburgh's outside. Cincinnati's outside. Cleveland is outside. I think the Dolphins are built for down south and indoors, right? In the domes. They got all that speed on offense. And their defense isn't bad, but it's not really a, a, a championship defense. They don't have the Cleveland Browns defense. They don't have the Baltimore Ravens defense. They don't have the Jets defense. You put the Jets defense on the the Miami Dolphins, that's a Super Bowl team right there. It will be interesting to me come November, late November, December, and the Bills have to play outside up north. What's going to happen? I know you build your team. For your stadium, for for your weather, but you got to look ahead. And you got to think about what's going to happen in November, in December, especially when you play down south. We have players that have played there. I mean, this was a great thing about Brady with Tampa Bay, right? He played up north. He can he can play in the cold. He can play in the heat. Didn't matter. Tua? that's going to be a big question. And can they use that speed? Up, you know, as it gets closer to December, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what Miami does then. Was Josh McDaniels the problem with the Raiders? Now <laughs> there were a lot of problems with the Raiders this year, and with the hiring of with with bringing up. The Giants' former middle linebacker as their head coach right now. Um, there's a new, there's a new fever in 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 Raiders country and Raiders nation. They're getting a little excited to get the new quarterback. They got their running back, you know, going. You know, they've got their wide receiver right now, and their defense is playing better. Crosby is like a hornet around your head. He's buzzing around you all the time. And Josh Jacobs. He's back. It looks like he's back to his old self. You you know, it's funny what coaching is in the NFL compared to the other sports. I guess you could say college. I think you could say football. If you don't have a coach that is either straight ahead and you know where he's coming from, or a coach that listens to you. In today's nfl it can go either way but you can't have it you can't have a ding bad as a head coach you really can't I think that's the problem with the chargers you know I, I think the chargers are good enough to challenge the chiefs in their division but i don't think the coach is good andy reeves is a is a tremendous coach and when you get a team that gets a new Interim head coach, they seem to, you know, it's like a breath of fresh air. You're getting that old head coach out of here that nobody got along with. A lot of different rumors going about, you know, stories are coming about what it was like to play under Josh McDaniels. One player said he was traded after catching a couple touchdowns and a lot of receiving yards because Josh McDaniels' wife was attracted to him. I don't know about that. I think it's a little far out. You have another rumor out there that Josh McDaniels would have actually had a old strap that Tom Brady had and he stole it from his locker room and would use it on the players as sort of a uh, – to make fun of them if they weren't playing well. I don't know about that one either. But there is one that is true. He did say he could take a high school uh, quarterback and make him a professional quarterback. And we know he was very, very much entwined with getting Jimmy G over there, his old old, uh, quarterback from New England. And, of course, Jimmy G is hurt uh, every year. Players just did not like this man in any way. They thought he was self-involved. He actually told the players that, hey, if you don't want my you don't want me to talk to you, I'll just walk around. He was like a little kid. And maybe he wasn't as good as an offensive coach for the Patriots as we thought. They won a lot of games down. He won a lot of games, a lot of a lot he was with a lot of Super Bowls with the Patriots. But then he had one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history, along with one of the greatest coaches in NFL history, that were also in the room. Maybe they wanted to. Maybe they went in spite of Josh. And you know, it's kind of crazy how the emotions of players and the leaders of the players in the locker rooms react to certain things. If they like a coach, they'll go. They'll 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 go through a burning building for them. If they don't, they kind of. I mean, they got to play for the money. They got to earn their contract. But in football, you have to have that extra oomph to win. You have to really believe in the system. You really have to believe in your head coach because you're an extension of the head coach, really. Now, the Raiders have made a lot of mistakes. They've gone through a lot of head coaches in, in a short amount of time. They're paying coaches not to, to coach their team. The owner, you know, I don't think the owner knows what he's doing, really. You know, Al, everybody talks about Davis. Listen, Davis, he was a coach. He was a GM. He he knew for the game of football. And the Raiders were the bad boys of the league for a long time. So Josh McDaniels, I don't know where he I, I don't know where he's going to go. I, I don't think the Patriots want him back there. And with this kind of send-off, I don't know what any any other team would want him. Maybe they'll take a chance on him as an offensive coordinator. I don't know. I know if I was head coach, I wouldn't want him on my staff. Not after everything that's come up. So... Rick Sherlock says, the Bills are inconsistent. and may have a missed their window. I agree with you. Right? I agree with you. I think Miami wins the division. The Jets, I don't know. I I still, I'm not sure about the Jets. Can the Jets stay around 500? Will Rodgers come back? A lot of big questions there. A lot of people who played football don't think he'll make it back. Of course, I know the Jet fans are hoping against hope that he comes back. And then again, we don't know what he's going to be like when he gets back, right? Because we really didn't see him play this year. So that's a very interesting conference over there right now. So I think Josh Donaldson, I'm sorry, Josh McDaniels was the problem with the Raiders. And I think the biggest problem over there, of course, is the is the owner. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, can the Raiders continue this momentum? And can the Jets stop their momentum? Jets got their own problems. We already know what those are over there. But it'll be interesting. That game is just interesting, just on that kind of maybe a Cinderella story versus a story that's been grinding all year. You know, what are we? Can we hold on? I think the Raiders win this. I don't think they really believe in Zach Wilson over there. And eventually that comes out. Eventually the players, it it, it just it just doesn't gel. And I don't think they're gelling over there right now. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. It should be an interesting game. Will the Cowboys win a playoff game this year? Are they as good as they were last year? They had a good game against Philadelphia. That was an exciting, that was maybe the best game last week. But there's something that happens to the Cowboys when their pressure's on at the end of the game, especially in the playoffs. And this was a playoff game, if you want to, you could call it that, the Eagles against the the Cowboys. You can call that a playoff game. If something happens with the Cowboys at the end. I, I, I can't put my finger on it, but it seems like every time there's a big time during a game, normally at the end, that either the play calling messes up or Dak messes up, and and I don't know. I don't know if you can fix that. They haven't yet. When you run out of bounds. And, and, and you don't go into the end zone when nobody's there to score some points. Are you trying to stop? I don't know what's going through your head. I know he's being chased. It's hmm. a good point. It's always the end of the game, isn't it, Rick? They don't down the ball. They keep the play. They lose 20, 26 seconds at the end of the game. And you can't just blame it all on the coach. I mean, the players have got to execute certain things. When the end doesn't go into the end zone to catch the ball, when he's standing outside the end zone and then he goes down, he didn't get hit. It was a, it was a decent catch, but why are you stopping before you get to the end zone? I mean, this is a pro football here. The end he knows where the end zone is. He knows they know where the first down markers are. The ball wasn't thrown low where he had to come back for the ball. He just went down another yard. It was, it was a foot go two yards in the end zone. If you got to come back you're you're there. Don't understand that. didn't understand that to throw the, you know, the hail Mary two yards shot of the, of the end zone could play bad play. didn't work. The time management Rick is, is correct time management at, at the end of these games at the ends of these big games I I, I I don't know it's almost like a curse right it's almost like a curse I, I, they talk about the pressure playing for the Dallas Cowboys yeah okay all right but you're there you can win the game I mean take the pressure off yourself you got to get over the top you got you can't just keep going to the playoffs as the Cowboys and, and and losing the first round or the second round and don't make the champ. You gotta at least make the championship. I don't know if they're gonna do that this year. I mean, I, you got the Eagles who you know, that's they're probably the best team in the NFL next to the Chiefs. I mean, go either way, I I would say the Eagles are. That's just my opinion. Um, I think they're best, they're gonna be the best team when Super Bowl rolls around. You got the 49ers that are faltering. I, I still think they win a the division. I don't think Seattle's uh good as the 49ers yet. Right? And you know, Tampa Bay or New Orleans is gonna win there in the in the in the south. And in the north, it looks like Detroit, maybe Minnesota. Yeah. Didn't get the ball to the ref in time. And they didn't down at this 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 last game, Rick. They had a shot. You could have had, you could have ran two more plays, maybe three quick passes. All they had to do was down down the ball. Hmm. I've been seeing that a lot this year. A lot of they're running quick plays and they got to get set and everything. And time just ticks off that clock so fast. Down the ball. It, they're giving you they're giving you the opportunity to stop the play and not call intentional ground. You just throw the ball on the ground. It's better. but Dallas is going to be a wild-card team this year. There's no doubt in my mind. I, I know the schedule gets tougher for Philadelphia. Um, Dallas got the Giants this week. Oh, my God. And uh, But they're going to have some tough games, too. So Dallas will probably be a wild-card team. They're going to have to go up against the 49ers or the Lions or the Eagles. I I don't see them. When they might beat the Lions. They might beat the Lions. I'm still not convinced of the Lions yet. Lions play Green Bay twice, Chicago twice, and the Vikings twice. That's, you know, that's eight wins right there, or six wins. My addition isn't the greatest. That's six wins right there, if you're good. So we'll see what the Lions do in the playoffs. But they're going to be a wild card team. They're going to have to go play on the road. They're not going to be able to play in Dallas. It's going to be interesting. I know Dallas fans are going to be upset. Would you rather let me ask you this question? Would you rather be on a team that is right now two and seven, like the Giants, or a team like the Dallas Cowboys, that if they do make the playoffs, they get knocked out? Which team would you rather be? I don't know what the organization would say. The organization says, Well, I would I would probably want to be two and seven to get some draft picks. But the fans want you to be competitive. The fans want you to win. And if you're 2-7, and seven, they're going to be upset. They're going to be calling for the coaches, the starting quarterback, you know, the GM to be fired. So what would you rather be? Would you rather be that team that's going to get a top draft choice? Or would you rather be a team that's going to finish up near the top or make a playoff game and lose, and you don't get that draft choice? Can, is it that important that you get that first round draft choice or that high draft choice that high high uh you know that popular player that's that's known nationally is it important i don't know because there are teams that just keep winning that don't get those high draft choices right yes they do players do get paid for the playoffs But what I'm saying, Rick, is what would you rather be as an organization? Where would you rather be as a fan? I w- would imagine you want to be competitive every year, but eventually that gets old, don't it? You know, the Cowboys in the NFL, the Yankees in the MLB—eventually, you know, you keep making the playoffs, but you can't get to the top. So, as a fan. And eventually that rubs off. Yeah, we're competitive, but I'm waiting for that to happen in Pittsburgh, too. Right? I mean, we all love Mike Tomlin. They're competitive every year. They're finishing over 500. He hasn't never finished below 500. But you see what happens in the draft. Great point. Free agents don't want to go to a bad team. They don't. And this is how a lot of teams like the Eagles stay on top, right? They give out them one-year contracts. And people want to play for the Eagles. There ain't too many people that want to play the for the Patriots or the Giants right now, right? Another good point. So let, let's talk a little bit about the Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young. Now, I've been saying this all year, folks. If you, if you listen to me since the draft, you know I've been think, telling you I think um, that Bryce Young could be a bust. And there's a few reasons for that. First of all, he's not on a good team, right? And he's got an owner that's very – he has no patience. He gets rid of, he gets rid of players, gets rid of coaches. If they're not winning right away, he wants to win right now, and they can't. There's no way they're going to win right now. They're not going to win a lot next year either. I'm telling you up straight, and the reason why I say this about Bryce Young is, you know, there's been quarterbacks that have been five, ten, six foot to six foot, maybe even smaller that have played and been very successful. Fran is probably the best. The best example of that, right? Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie had a decent career. He went to the championship with the Bills, played for the Bears, played for the Patriots. And he was, he was overall, he was a good quarterback. Great in college. But he didn't get hurt. He didn't get hurt a lot. Fran Tarkin didn't get hurt at all. If he did, he played hurt. And despite his size, he ran around the field. And drove defensive line crazy, and and got the Vikings to the Super Bowl a few times. I look at CJ Stroud getting hurt in college, and I see him coming to the pros, going on a very, a, not a bad team, but not a not a good team at all. Right? They They're good defense, and they got rid of one of the best wide receivers. And he's he, and being a rookie quarterback. You don't know the speed of the game. There's not too many C.J. Strouds out there, right? C.J. Stroud is, 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 is playing phenomenally for a rookie quarterback. But really, Bryce Young, if 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 you look at what, the way Richardson was playing before he got hurt, the way Levis is playing right now, there is <laughs> – did you? Now, Rick, you see, you know about football, too. You played the game. So you know, you know what I'm talking. And and what what drives me crazy, is that Jim Jeffcoat will say, no, this is what the, he, he's going to be good by the end of the year. Where? Not in Carolina, he's not. He's not going to be good in Carolina at the end of the year, or next year. Are they going to wait three, four years for this guy to develop? They're already they're already talking about it was a big mistake in Carolina. There are certain quarterbacks that can come in and play and do and hold their own. We saw a quarterback from division two. And I say the teams are equal to a point. I think the bears are a little bit better than Carolina. He put up the same numbers from a division two undrafted as Bryce Young did. And everyone, when, when, they beat Houston. Everyone crazy. Oh, here, he, here comes Bryce Show. Houston had a bad game. That's all that was. <laughs> Even the Detroit Lions got killed. I mean, Houston had a bad game. And all the people that talked about Bryce Schum, here we go head to head, head to head, nothing. Quarterback does not play against the quarterback in games. But you can look at the stats and you can look at how they play against the defenses on whether they're going to be good or not. I think Levis might be okay. I think Levis is better than 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 Bryce Young. And Richardson, as I was saying before he got hurt, he's playing better than Bryce Young. Bryce Young is small and he's thin. I don't know how you change that. You can't change the you can't change your height, of course not. But I know he's got to he's got to be able to change his frame. I don't know if he can do that. Doug Flutie had a little bit of uh, a meat on him. Fran Tarkenton was skinny, but he was that dude was a magician with that football. He was quick; you could not catch that man. Deacon Jones had a problem with that. Yeah, and I agree with that too. And but but you look at it, Rick, and Jackson is the same way. Jackson runs with reckless abandon. Josh, you know, <laughs> Josh Allen runs with reckless abandon. It's just, I think, I think Richardson tried, it was, 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 I think, I think it was primarily a younger kid going against a man and, you know, there's man strength and then there's, you know, there's boy strength. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be fine. Justin Fields, another, another running quarterback that got hurt. He's got to get smarter. I can't disagree with that. Rick. He's got to get smarter. a problem with Buffalo right now, right? Josh, Josh Allen, uh, he has no running game. But Richardson had a running game. They, they have a running game there. And Josh Taylor, you know, was able to play. So they, he's got to, he's got to kind of take a, a backseat a little bit more and run when he has to, or a, a design play where he can be protected more. So I look at Bryce Young and I see a young kid. With a game moving way too fast on a team that can't block for him and no running game. Could destroy that kid. I don't see him making it. I really don't. I'll tell you right now, and 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 I'm pretty good with this. This next quarterback class, you're gonna have some really good quarterbacks coming out. And we'll see what Landon decides to do. And happy veterans day again. I just throw that up there again. Happy Bevan State, all the vets out there, keep us free. Well, I've kept us free. So let's see, what else we got for you here? We got Carlos Mendoza coming from the Yankees as a bench coach to be the new manager of the Yanke- of the Mets. I met too tall Jones. Yes, too tall Jones. Yes, yes, he was. When you have the greatest of all time, Deacon Jones, uh saying he we just played Fran Tarkin and we didn't play the Giants. You know the man was good. The mad scrambler. So the Mets sign our bench coast from the Yankees. Interesting, right? I mean, I mean, Yankees had an okay season. But for the Yankee standards, not an okay season, right? They didn't even make the playoffs. They were above 500. I don't know what you get for that. I don't know if you get an award for that. Or I don't think so. Why did the Mets, out of all the managers, the young managers, the older managers, all the managers that – You know, everybody talks about Steve Cohen's money. Why do they get him? He's respectable. He's respected in baseball. But that's just the optics of that just don't look good, does it? I mean, if you're a Mets fan right now, if you're a Mets fan and you see that move, what do you think? I mean, not not even factoring in. The, the Mets and Yankees inner city rivalry there. You know, everybody, look, oh, you think our season is bad. Look at the Mets season. All this nonsense. They talk back and forth. The optics of that is is, is kind of crazy, right? As a Mets fan, <laughs> yes, that's what you get. You get a participation tro- trophy for my buddy, Jack Hirsch, who uh, thinks it's great that the Yankees won uh, over 500 games. I mean, that would be like a Yankee manager being hired. Say we got rid of Boone and we took the Mets bench coast. Yankee fans would be going crazy. Right? I mean, why are you picking up a bum from the Mets? I think the Mets fans are thinking this too. And I'll tell you right now, if the Mets get off to a slow start, they're going to be all over going. They're going to be all over. That's what you get. That's what you get for hiring a, a Yankee bench coach who well, they stunk last year. I think I think that being in a in a management position, running an organization, whatever organization is, a lot is about the optics. Now, I don't know. This Mendoza guy might be might be great. But with all the choices and all the baseball minor leagues, college, major league. You pick the bench coach from the Yankees. I don't know. Be interesting. So, folks, tomorrow, we're going to wrap it up a little early. Not too bad. Thank you, Rick, for debating me. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it's a little, little difficult, as I said, to debate yourself. Tomorrow, folks, back and Jack and Jim Big Football Show. Uh, Jack won't be in. We'll have Byron Williams filling in for him tomorrow. And uh so that'll be fun. Got a couple of great guests coming up in there. We have Chris from Coffee and Sports who um <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Rick. Oh Lord. Yeah it was fun. No, I wasn't solo Rick. I was with you. So it, it it made it it made it uh it made it more enjoyable. So thank you. So again, we'll have uh, we'll have on Chris. He, he's with Coffee and Sports. He's on a Roku channel. Very intelligent guy, knows a lot about sports. Miami Dolphins fan, so we'll have some fun with him there. We'll also have on Super Cowboy. Uh, he's got a he's got a very uh, well viewed show. He looks like a, a great character. He's going to be on. So we'll have to talk to Super Cowboy. Probably have on Commander Nash and of course the the regulars that we have on Keith Angle, uh, Robert Butler. Jamie Paggs, the Philadelphia sports guy. So it'll be a big fun show as we have every Sunday. Tune in for that. Um, thank you for, for watching the show. Hope you guys have a great Saturday. If you're going out tonight, be careful, stay safe, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Mac, Jack, and Jim Big Football Show. And again, happy Veterans Day to all you vets out there.